Join Tony and Austin Wednesday from 10 to noon. Ken Garf, West Valley, 4175 West, 3500 South. DJ PK and the voice of the Aggies is gracing us in studio with his presence, PK. Doesn't it feel a little warmer now than it has since like last May? Well, the air condition isn't on, so yes. <laughs> it feels so. like it's 8,000 degrees in here. It's Jeez. fine. 8,000? <laughs> it's like the surface of the sun in here. Let's <laughs> crank that down to like 68. Should have been here during the summer. It was 60 all summer. It was great. I know. He's a little hot, man. They lost the Air Force. Now they got the big. I'm irritated. Can you tell? Thanks, Gary. (laughs) (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. That's the Gary we know, oh, man. Oh man, that was that was classic yesterday. That was a that was a fun Monday morning interview with Yeah, Gary. you know, I, and, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And it wasn't like he was cranky at you guys. He was just cranky at the no. situation. Yeah, and yeah, that right. was he was No, he was fine at that. Yeah, he was respectful and, and cranky at the same no, time. No, but he just like, asked him a question, he answered it. Yeah. And if he stalled a little during the answer, that was fine. What's wrong with love though? He's not playing as well. And and I I know that there's ancillary issues around the offense, but I still don't think you would know more than me or us. I don't think Jordan is playing as well as he did last year. I, I think that's, you know, and, and look, I, and Gary's gone well out of his way to say, look, it's a team, it's all 11, and, the, and he's absolutely right. Uh, and I think the excuse, even though he's not using his excuse that you turned over nine out of your 11 starters with him being one of the two, uh, that's a problem. Yeah. And uh, the offensive line is a problem. They're not getting any kind of protection. They're not establishing a run game when they get in. I mean, you look at their red zone numbers. Uh, they're near the bottom of the country in scoring touchdowns in the red zone. And uh, a lot of that is just having an offensive line push. They're not running the ball well. And the problem is it seems like it's getting, you know, you, you, you want to get better as the season goes on when you have youth. It seems like Utah State's kind of going the other way. I mean, I know they lost to Wake Forest and Jordan threw the three interceptions, but overall, from an offensive standpoint, they had nearly 600 yards of offense in that game against a team that's you know six and one in ACC play, and and I don't know if they're still ranked or not, but still a pretty good Wake Forest team. And as the season's gone on, they're not as dynamic offensively. The running attack has gone down. Uh, you look especially over the last four games. Uh, you know, I know you're going to throw the LSU game in there, but even when you look at, uh, you know, Colorado State, you look at uh, Air Force, you, you, even the first three quarters against Nevada, not good offensively, and they just can't seem to find any kind of rhythm. So there's a couple things on love before we get to the whole offense as a group. Um, certainly changing the nine guys and, you know, not having receivers who go make plays at the same routes, the same rate that the guys did a year ago. That's a factor. Not having the same, uh, I mean, offensive coordinator could be a lot of things, but just not having the same personal rapport with them. Yeah. You didn't have all that success with them to build on. Yeah. So you're back at ground zero then. But this is the part that you would really know more. How much do you think it's impacted Love's confidence? Because if you're saying and guessing yourself and every throw's coming out a little late, you're creating even more problems. You're playing even worse. Or, but we're not around him, so maybe his confidence is fine, and they got a couple of these other things fixed, and he's going to have a big breakout game. I don't really know that. What's your sense? Well, of that? I mean, that's that's kind of what everybody's thinking of. Eventually, he's going to break out of this thing, and it'll get back to uh, something of of what what it looked like even earlier in the season. Uh, but you bring, I I think it was Riley Jensen who came on your show who said this, and I think it's really well put. When you have wide receivers that can go make plays, mm-hmm. it makes you a more accurate quarterback. 
Um, and I think he referenced PK as a second baseman throwing to first. Yeah. Like if you know you got a first baseman that can go to the ground and 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 pull up a one hopper, relaxes you. It relaxes you, and you end up actually making more accurate throws. Right now, I feel like Jordan Love's got to put it on the numbers on every single throw uh, because I don't know if there's a uh, there's a concern that I mean there's been so many drop balls and uh, and so. I think there's a when you look at Ron Quavey and Tarver, you look at Aaron Bonds, uh, Gerald Green that they had last year. These were three guys that could high point a ball, could go up and go get those 50-50 balls. And right now, this wide receiver group is having a hard time doing that. And so I think Love feels like pressure, like he's got to throw the perfect throw, and then that that's affected his accuracy. And then also, there's a lot of double clutching going on in 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 the pocket too. You know, you you're not trusting your reads. You're not trusting uh, a guy getting open. I think when you throw early interceptions, that maybe affects your confidence as well. I and by the way, this is all just speculation on my part. Um, this uh, that's just what I'm seeing. As Bowler says, it's what you see yeah. from my chair. From, from through my, my eyes, through my eyes, <laughs> Bill. <laughs> Go ahead, drop the embargo line. We know it's coming. You just no. finish it and then we uh, move on. Good. Okay. We're good. What's the embargo? What do you think of the embargo in Cuba? Yeah. And you know what embargo spelled backwards is? Um, oh, what? grab me. I learned that at issue. Yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> Teacher said that, or professor. <laughs> How do you think they stack up against the Cougars? Because that's really all that matters this week. Um, well, I guess it depends on what BYU team shows up. I mean, if you get the BYU team that played Air Force, then you're in trouble. I mean, uh, uh, Boise, Boise State. State. And Utah State plays like they did against Isn't Air Force. Isn't that crazy about BYU? Yeah, then, uh, then, then BYU, if... Look, if, if they replicate that Boise State performance, then Utah State's in a whole lot of trouble in this game, and you and that winning streak comes to an end. Uh, if Utah State plays like they did earlier in the season, and Gary talked about not only with you guys yesterday, but also in his press conference, and I've got a coach's show with him coming up tomorrow, and I'm sure he'll say the same thing. He's gotten the uh, the old dreaded midseason, I'm putting my hands on the team a little bit more. Like, I'm going to be more involved in offensive conversations. I'm going to be more involved, which he should. I mean, he's the face of the uh, organization, and if the team's struggling, then he's got yeah. to have a higher level of uh, – you know, involvement to make sure that it's at the level it needs to be. So I anticipate Utah State plays better in this game. I also anticipate BYU with two weeks to prepare um, will be playing well, and uh, I think you'll have a you'll have a close game. You should have a good game coming up on Saturday. Six and a half points, Utah State. Is that is that still the line in this game? Yeah, I think so. Y'all can check and see if it's any different. But yeah, I think it's six and a half. I checked it earlier okay, this morning. Okay, so six. how do you feel about the Aggies as a fourth quarter team? Because win or lose, I, I would say the difference in that Boise yeah. State game is that BYU had a bigger lead. Yes, they've been outscored. They gave up the last two touchdowns of the game in Toledo. Yeah, they gave up the last two, although it's thirteen points, not fourteen. It was twenty-seven nothing against Florida, South Florida, and uh, Toledo. So now it's thirty-two. Yeah. No, excuse me. Now it's uh, 42. 42. Because yeah. it was 15 nothing against Boise State. Yeah. So when you've been outscored 42 to nothing in the fourth quarter of the last three games, whether that's a conditioning issue or that's a confidence issue, whatever it is, you're getting smoked in the fourth quarter. If you're the Aggies, you're thinking, well, stay close through three quarters because these guys aren't very good yeah. in the fourth. Yeah. They're getting worked in the fourth quarter. Well, I mean, and, and then if Utah State, and look, there will be over the next offseason. I don't think they're going to be able to do it uh, throughout the course of this season. But Utah State will look dramatically different next year offensively. Um, I, I just don't think that uh, that there's a huge love affair with that pace offense uh, with the current coaching staff. I think they wanted to stick with it 
uh, just simply because that's what Jordan Love and the guys that were returning on the offense felt comfortable with. But this this offense is going to evolve to a point where they're more of kind of what you see at the University of Utah. Pace at times, slow it down, kind of going back and forth. But if Utah State is successful with its pace, you know, during the first two or three quarters, I saw it so many times last year where there was a game that was maybe a one or two score game going into the fourth quarter and ended up being a 30 point game because teams just wore down in the fourth quarter. And and then that offense really uh, took off and you had a bunch of here we go moments. And so going into if if BYU struggles with the pace of Utah State it wouldn't surprise me if Utah State's able to score some points in the fourth quarter however if BYU and they've had two weeks to prepare for it if BYU handles it well and if BYU's got a lead going into the fourth quarter then uh, I anticipate probably they'll be able to hold on to it so if I'm BYU I absolutely want to play Utah State as late in the season as possible if I can get it in November yeah I, I jump on it all the way but if I'm Utah State I don't know that I like that because no, no, they, now you're you've lost a game, but you can still can do what you need to do. Yeah, yeah. But now you're supposed to play these guys, and you still got Boise and some big games down the road. Yeah, Wyoming, who's now bowl eligible. You got right. Fresno going to Fresno, which is never easy. I know they're down a little bit, but you never want to go. To, who wants to go to Fresno? Nobody. You know, Steve so. Cleveland's on line two for you. Tom well, Seaver. That, Cali- <laughs> ah, that California pension's on line two. He'd go to Cal State Dominguez Hills for all he cares. Just Ooh. give me that money. <laughs> Watch yourself there. <laughs> so um, I'm just, what, the, what does Utah State want out of this? I think, I think they'd rather go back to where it was with the conference weekend. Put it back on that Friday before conference. And so non-conference have it a conference on non-conference. Yeah, amen. Yeah, and you're maybe you're, you're <laughs> oh nice. I see what you did there. Thank you, brother. Yeah. You're uh, you're a game or two into the conference season, but you're not all that yeah. deep. Yeah. Right? Now this is. I mean, this whole schedule. I mean, I mean, you've DJ. You may or may not have heard any rumblings about what people thought about the schedule going into this season. I did hear rumblings. <laughs> I heard quite specifically how much people hated this you, bleeping schedule. You and me both. <laughs> You got LSU in October. You got BYU in November. You got two trips to the East Coast. Yeah. What do you think? So uh, here's one thing, and maybe it's partly who they've played and where they've had to go to play them. But Utah State's one and three on the road, and they're three and zero at home. Yeah. So does that lend some confidence? Put the Air Force debacle aside. Yes. Does that lend Utah State some confidence that, like, whatever our problems are on the road, we're really pretty good at home? Yeah, no, and, and and they are because you know you talk about those tight games. They had you know a close game against Colorado State that they were able to win. They had a uh, Nevada, which wasn't indi- that score wasn't indicative of how close that game was against a not very good Nevada team, but they found a way to pull it out. You know, late in the game and kind of win that game going away. Um, it was twenty-two to three at halftime. I don't feel like they're in danger of losing you, that game. Both Gary and I talked about you at the coaches' show. Like, did DJ actually watch that game? Yeah, I did watch some of the game, and I get that you don't think you played that well. They played, and you don't. They did not play well against Nevada, right? At all. Yeah, but it's twenty to three, twenty-two to three at halftime. You're not going to lose it, and I get all the complaints, and you can list all the mistakes. Don't be, but don't be it's sensitive. The score. Don't be sensitive. <laughs> about the Aggies are sensitive. The Aggies are so sensitive. It's unbelievable. <laughs> okay, now it's years don't, of don't pull years that card. Of losing. It's just good football or bad football, and that was bad football against a bad football but, team. Okay, but you weren't going to lose. What's that? But you weren't going to lose. But it doesn't. Yeah, no, I didn't. I wasn't. There wasn't any real thought of them losing because they got a quarterback that was on a reality TV show a year ago. Like. <laughs> 
Like, yeah, you're right. But you view it as but, but you also for, you look at how you're playing against a bad team. It's like, a foreshadowing of what happened at Air like, Force. I felt a lot worse about the Air Force game after a thirty, you know, thirty. What was the final score against Nevada? Thirty-six to seven or thirty-six ten. Thirty-six ten. Like I felt way worse about going to Air Force after that Nevada game, even though they won by because you were playing points. poorly. Exactly. Yeah. I'll buy that. I'll totally buy that. Okay. Fair enough. Does an Aggie fan, the typical Aggie fan, want to beat more BYU or Boise? Uh, That's a great question. Uh, I would hope that they would rather beat Boise, but they may still want to beat BYU. I mean, look, Boise, look, if if Utah State runs the table and they go into that game against Boise State, uh, if they beat Boise, then you got a three way tie atop the. Top the division, assuming Air Force runs the table, mm-hmm. with uh, with teams you know Boise beating Air Force, Air Force beating Utah State, Utah State beating Boise. Uh, so there's a lot on the line going into that game if you can run the table inside conference play. So by that rationale, I would say that means more than BYU. But you know, I mean, come on, we've been around this state for twenty some odd years. You know that a win against BYU carries a whole lot of weight up there. And to say you've beaten BYU three years in a row. Um, and depending on how this game goes, two out of those three by sizable amounts. I mean, that's that's a that's a pretty big statement to make. And I think this coaching staff would love to take uh, three in a row out on the recruiting trail and see what see how what kind of leverage that gives them. So yeah, I I don't know. I would say I would the the practicality would say Boise State. The emotional would probably say BYU. And I think there would be you know much like how a lot of Utah fans like I never want to play BYU ever again. I'm sure. Probably Utah State fans would say, if you were to ask them, they would say, we'd rather have Boise State game, but internally they're thinking, mm, I'd like to beat BYU. So are you around them enough during the week, because obviously you're down here doing your show, to know after a bad performance, if there's a certain amount of anger and resilience, it's going to lead to a good performance? Or if they are feeling a little beaten down from that losing two of the last three. Yeah. yeah, one was in LSU, but you still walk off and it's a loss and doesn't feel good. Yeah. And you beat Nevada handily, but you don't feel good about the way you played. And then you get smoked at Air Force. So maybe you're sitting here like it's a month since positive reinforcement. And you're beaten down and you're just a little more vulnerable because of it. You're lacking a little confidence. Yeah. I'll know more about that later in the week. I get up there on Thursdays, yeah. Wednesdays and Thursdays. Uh, and so I would, I would think that the BYU element to it kind of snaps them out of it. If it was a game, you know, against Wyoming this week, it could be that problem. But sometimes Boise State or BYU's good for what ails you from an emotional standpoint to get you ready for a game. So even though you're complaining about it being in November, it's actually a good time. It might be. It might be. I'm, I personally am not complaining. I don't care. I get paid the same. So play them whenever. Um, but I do think that that might be beneficial for this team to kind of snap them out of it to, to a certain extent. Outside of your own show, what's your second most favorite show on the zone? I'm on it right now. Okay, and, what's your answer? Um, the show. Oh. Like, so I'm saying. I didn't know you were on like, in terms sh- of answering the question. Yeah. Okay. Why? Um, uh, let's just see here. Legacy in the marketplace. Uh, great interviews. Hard opinions. Uh, entertainment. Uh, unlike hey, well, anything the market has ever seen for the last 20 years. What about years. DJ? And uh, you know, and and a guy who gets you in and out of breaks pretty well. <laughs> nice guy on the air, but a total bleep off the air. You know, I had somebody the other day. Like, You're really a pain in the ass. You know that, right? <laughs> well, I just want to be clear. I thought you were going to go passive aggressive little punks. But, uh, you know, I had somebody. He's got, uh, a, he's got a wide range in there. I had somebody the other day that asked me, like, you know, we were in a, kind of a management meeting. Like, hey, rank your. Uh, 
your levels of hosts in terms of pain in the butt. And I will always go lock number one, but he doesn't necessarily count anymore. Yeah. By the way, David, I'm just joking. If you're listening, <laughs> which I don't think he is. Um, but uh, I, uh, I will always, uh, and somebody goes, well, how high is PK up on the list? I'm like, PK is like seventh right now. Like PK is like, he's easy, man. He's, he's no big deal. That's the goal. Five years ago may have been a little different, but that, well, occasional moment here or there. Well, but you know, after you treat him like a blocking sled and drive him down the hallway, then gotta, there's nothing for the next five years. You, you so, got to you got to keep your your hands inside the shoulder pads. You don't want to be called for holding. Yeah, Not you can't go with outside. And now. then and then you and then you. A lot. Fact, actually. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> no, that's a fact. <laughs> no, I, I do. I know. When you see one thing, when you see something happen with somebody at work, yeah. and you're like, well, that was kind of odd. That was an outlier. I don't know if you've ever dealt with that or had to deal with that recently. If you ever see something that's an outlier, Stop. then I think you, 99 times out of 100, can trace it back to something over here that doesn't look oh, like yeah. it's tied into 100%. it, but it is tied into it. In I was his giving case, you great fullback and blocking techniques, and then- I loved it. You know, I loved it. Hands inside the shoulder pants, treat them like a steering wheel, steer them where you want them to go. <laughs> Or, or treat them like a rag doll. Either way, <laughs> I just I was just helping. I just I, trying I to help. I was very grateful for it. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to tell us about the Aggies? Drop some knowledge on the people. Uh, they'll be better on Saturday. Should be a good game. Um, it's going to be cold, so uh, I don't think that affects either two, either one of these teams. I think that's a I think that's a non-issue. Uh, but uh, I think it'll be a fun atmosphere up there for sure. How about this, man? Is this basketball team Sweet Sixteen material? Ooh, boy, that's tough. They start out at seventeen. That, that ex- those expectations are through the roof. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you want those. Yeah, I know you do. Absolutely. Uh, I think that you're. Uh, it, it, it depends on uh, Kata and how quick he comes back. They've been really secretive on where he's at. I don't anticipate you're going to see him. Uh, certainly in the game, they got a game coming up on Wednesday, that exhibition game. There's no way he'll play in that game. But uh, I think it'll be really interesting to see if he starts the regular season. And if not, how long they take him through trying to get that knee right going into the uh, going into conference season. Mm-hmm. But tell you what, they're, 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 their schedule is loaded. They're playing LSU. They're playing Florida. They're playing South Florida. They're going on the road to playing St. Mary's. Um, That's good. They, uh, they loaded up that schedule because they feel like they've got a special team. And Following the tradition of Stu Morrill. Yeah. I <laughs> 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 got uh, Belmont in the Gosner. Hello. The old food classic. <laughs> I, got, uh, I got more stories. But... Go ahead. No, no. Come on. I'm share them off the air. Okay, All right. Let's go to break then. We will go to break. <laughs> Scouty G, thanks yeah, for Jake's, stopping by. Jake's in there yelling. Go to break. Go to break. Yeah, I know. Yes. Did I bring down the show? I'm sorry. Is it a bummer? Oh, no. Heck no. No, we okay. had. Did you hear earlier this morning when Dean called and was his take on the Jazz and said while he was having lunch with Quinn Snyder and blah, 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 and we blacked out and couldn't hear anything he said about basketball? Just like, how is this random caller having lunch with Quinn Snyder? Derailed the show for about 45 minutes. No, I, everyone I, seemed to enjoy themselves. Yeah. So, what the heck? Well, you know, I'm going to go. Uh, Steve Starks and I are going to go have lunch and we'll have a great time. <laughs> nice. That's not even Some, remotely true, by the someone way. Someone tweeted Back, in. Like a few years ago, that may have been the case. Someone tweeted in that they were having tea with Gail Miller and that Bogdanovich needed more. T- she said Bogdanovich needed more touches. <laughs> <laughs> it awesome. worked. All right. Thanks, Scotty. Thanks.